Yo, what's up, fam? Welcome back to the Pursuing Purpose podcast. I'm your host, BC Cerna, and I'm so glad that you're here. Um, There's either one way you're listening to this on my podcast, so welcome, or you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, welcome also as well. And I have both. I'm learning how to diversify the portfolio of content in a world where it could live on every different platform um, for many different reasons. Uh, I have no idea how it works and I'm learning as I go and trying to figure it out. And I'm I, I don't know what I'm doing most days. Uh, and you guys know that if you've been following this podcast uh, or my social media for a while is I'm just trying to figure out as I go and I learn and I create and I make mistakes along the way. <clears throat> And I'm learning how to ask for help and build a team around it. And so welcome back the Pursuing Purpose podcast. This is my first time I'm ever filming a YouTube video for it as well. So that's exciting. Um, And yeah, this is a podcast where we pursue conversations and ideas and topics around purpose. And what does that mean um, for different people's lives and stories? Um, One of the root definitions of purpose in this this Greek definition is end goal, which is kind of beautiful and poetic in the sense of like, you're, I believe every human being is has a purpose on this earth and has a, a meaning and, and has a reason they're here. And I think that is it ingrained to our DNA um, to to fulfill that and to live with a life of purpose and aligned with why we're here and to serve and love others and lead others and also have fun along the way. And that's part of be, living your purpose. I think sometimes people get caught up in purposes. You know, you have to... Uh, be a martyr or sacrifice, but purpose is so playful and so fun and so freeing because you're aligned with what you're supposed to be doing. And like I said, it looks different for everyone. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes we look at the cultural route, there's always two paths in our life, sometimes way more, but the cultural route of the most normal, somewhat easy thing you can do is get the job, get the wife, get the kids, get the house and just live like a really cookie cutter way um, and be kind of safe. And I know that can also come with difficulties. Being married's hard. Being a parent's hard. Um, But sometimes I think we've seen it, the story play out where uh, there's always still something like a missing where we really want to have like a reason. And and like I said, everyone comes in different seasons and different waves. There's, There's younger people that get married. There's older people that get married. There's some people that don't get married, have kids. Everyone's story is different. Everyone's experience is different. So I never want to just um, make broad statements. But I think that there is a beautiful, incredible, amazing world out there with so much to do and see. And, and it's fascinating when you look at everything, the skies, the stars, the sunsets. Um, and then there's also uh, the contrast of that is there's a lot of hurting people out there. There's a lot of need for love and compassion and empathy and service. And there's right now my podcast, it was birthed from the idea that depression and anxiety and, and even suicide is, is, you know, and is on the all time high, at least in the U S and, and, and a lot of part of the parts of the world. And when you find a purpose or a reason to live like your meaning a lot of those things those knobs that are turned all the way to 10 anxiety and depression start to get turned down because you start to realize it's kind of not about you and there's something bigger going on and so when you feel like you're in these these feelings of these emotions and then you're like wait a second this is not about me this is about something bigger than me then you are able to breathe a little bit easier. And so my whole mission, my curriculum, the programs I've launched, the things the things I've been working on for the last 12 years revolves a lot around those two topics. And it revolves a lot around the head and the heart 
And this quote that you hear me use a lot is the greatest distance any person will travel is 18 inches from your head to your heart. And, and that stuck with me for so long because I've been all around the world, 80 plus countries, seen so much, done so much, every experience you can imagine from jumping out of planes to scuba diving to building hospitals and schools and water wells around the world. And yet the internal adventure and journey within yourself is just as if not the most exciting, craziest, adventurous thing you ever do and connecting the two and realizing that there's a lot of mind-centered people and there's a lot of heart-centered people and neither one is right or wrong. Um, Both complement each other and both are needed in the world to keep the world different and diverse and fresh and interesting as we're all, we all bring different talents and attributes and goals and purposes and passions. And so really my heart behind this podcast um, is talking about the head and the heart and the ego and, and the head and the heart is, is a big conversation because we have um, brilliant thoughts, like we're so brilliant. Um, humans figured out how to put a person in space and make micro trips the size of, you know, a thumb neck, thumbnail. And, um, and then we also have the contrast of our minds, have a lot of maybe doubt or, or selfishness or greed or pride or anger or um, jealousy. And our mind can just play a lot of emotional tricks on us. And what I always tell people to do when you connect these two is you take whatever you're thinking and you filter it down through your heart and then you send it back up. And it's really this two-way relationship between like when I'm when I'm mad at someone or when I'm triggered by someone or when I'm uh, greedy or prideful or anxious or anything like that, you kind of come down to your heart and center yourself in journaling and meditating and praying and really grounding yourself um, to not let that emotion control you. And, and really be like, okay, what is what is my heart saying? For instance, one thing, uh, a goal is to not take anything personal in this life. There, that's, there's a book called The Four Agreements, and it says don't take anything personal. And how do we do that? Well, a good way to do that is to know that when someone triggers you or says something mean to you or betrays you or stabs you in the back or manipulates you, as you experience that, you get really angry and frustrated and... and um, and then you go down to your heart and then you realize that that's just a projection of their world. And so they were manipulating you because they were manipulated. They were trolling you or hating you or judging you because they were judged or trolled or hated or picked on. Um, and not to say that it's okay, not to say you have to keep them in your life, but to acknowledge and be aware that that's where they're coming from. And so you can't take anything personal when someone attacks you, someone, when someone comes at you um, with... Uh, with mean comments or unsupportive love, just realizing that when you come from here to there, you're like, oh, that's just them projecting their own reality onto me. They're not actually mad at me or manipulating me. They're just trying to figure out their own heart and mind. And in do so, they're hurting people along the way. So to either call them up or not call them out, but call them up to that or to just understand it, I think is a better way of thinking about it. (laughs) Hope that makes sense. And then your heart, um, you know, you have these emotions, maybe it's love and sometimes love can get really blinding and love can be very exciting and you have all these feelings and then you can sometimes go to your head and be like, okay, wait a second, let's think about this and let's filter it and try to understand it and then let's go back down here and it's just this two-way dialogue conversation between your mind and your heart is kind of where your soul is and so when you have this like relationship and honest conversations with yourself and your family and friends to invite them into these feelings that you're having, uh, it's really powerful and really profound. So connecting the heart and the mind 
and back and forth is, is really incredible and beautiful. And there's so many different ways to look at that and vehicles to use that. Something I use a lot is the idea that everything that triggers you or makes you mad or frustrated, if you backtrace it with a string, it's tied to something like a moment. And so for instance, I always say every fear that you have, if you backtrace every fear that you have to with a string, it's gonna be tied to a lie. And that's really, you know, interesting to look at every aspect of your life of everything is tied to something. If, if you're afraid of singing or dancing um, or the way you look or something like that, there's a moment in your life when you were a child, when you were younger, that you were singing in third grade and someone said, you're not a good singer or you can't dance. And that now affects your decision making now. You're subconsciously in a place where you don't do certain things because a childhood moment <clears throat> affected your decisions. Which brings me to the ego, um, which is the conversation I was having with myself yesterday, which I wanted to invite you guys into, and hopefully it resonates and connects. But basically, there's been different terms of what the ego means. There was one term that resonated with me for a while called edging God out. The ego is E-J-G-O, it's edging God out, which at the time I was like, that's beautiful, because the more you push, like the more you hold your entitlement to yourself of puffy chest and I'm really smart and I'm successful and I'm doing everything my own, I'm independent and I don't need anyone else. And your ego starts to get this like idea and this understanding that you are, you don't need anyone. And you just kind of edge God out is the concept. But later on realizing it, the ego is beautiful, it's, it's God gave us the ego. Um, the ego is also what keeps us safe and protected. Um, and for thousands of years while we were being hunted by maybe animals, we uh, developed our ego and it keeps us safe. And so you are here today because of your ego. That on a biological level is really fascinating and, cur and, curi and curious, you know what I'm saying. And, uh, but, but to take a step back and look at <clears throat> the other aspects of our ego, and so the conversation I was having with myself yesterday in my meditation and prayer and journaling was um, there was like a spiritual ego, a status ego, and a physical ego. That There's probably way more, but that was what I was coming up with. And, and the spiritual ego, you've probably met people who are maybe religious or um, kind of puffy chest, think they know a lot about certain, I guess, religious texts and scriptures, and they walk around like really kind of just like judgmental or thinking they know it all, and they kind of have this entitlement ego, spiritual ego, and it's obviously very off-putting. Um, I feel like people go in these waves with it, and we just have to have, once again, compassion for them and trying to understand them and and and, uh, and know that where they're coming from, But but yeah, I think Jesus was a great example of he just asked questions and listened to people. Like his two qualities was he was really good at asking questions and listening to people. And he never walked around with like a really puffy chest knowing all the answers, even though he probably knew quite a bit. Every time someone asked him a really conflicting question, he just asked a question back. And that's beautiful. And so spiritual ego is a tough one. People navigating this dominance, which really the puffy chest comes from an insecurity, comes from trying to control people or things or know it all. And uh, they don't really go down to their heart and come back. Um, a status ego is another big question where I remember when I was younger twenties, I would go to events and I'd be so worked up on like meeting people and anxious thinking about, man, what do I do? What have I done? Am I interesting enough? Am I interesting enough to be loved? <laughs> and, uh, and I'd get caught up in these feelings of like not feeling like enough. And I remember getting anxious going to these events or when I talked to people and they'd be like, what do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I did, I've done this and I did this and, and, uh, over the years, obviously, I've kind of dropped that to where now I have this like kind of freedom with um, no one needs to know what I do when I go to events. And even so far to push the joke to when I used to go to events in L.A. with 
the S theory boys and Perry, I would, um, people would ask what I did and I would sometimes would be like just kind of joking, but I would like be serious in the sense like, Oh, I deliver uh Grubhub or Uber eats food, like, which isn't bad jobs, but I would just be like, yeah, I don't, I just deliver food for Grubhub. And I wanted to just see if the people would stick around and be interested in who you are. But sometimes in LA, it's very transactional relationships. They'd be like, oh, okay, well, cool. I can't use you. So peace. And then you would be able to get away from that person in the first place. So anyway, it was, uh, it's been fun to surrender that after seeing my younger twenties be like so caught up in it and then getting older and older and, and really getting my confidence from my community, but also my purpose of just knowing who I was and what I was doing for others and not having to ever show off or name accolades or successful achievements or what I've done. It became more of like someone, if I'm at an event, someone goes, what do you do? I go, Oh, I work with high school kids. Like I'm a mentor or, you know, something that's just, I don't try really hard to be like, I've done this and I've done this. Um, because you don't really need to prove it. And as you get older and as you get more confident and comfortable in your purpose and your community, you just ask more questions. You don't really ever want to talk about yourself, which is weird. Cause I'm on a podcast talking about myself right now. Weird. Um, and then I guess this weird, uh, when I was talking about ego yesterday with myself, it was coming up of physical ego. Cause this is the longest I've ever had my beard. And yesterday I was like looking in the mirror and I was like, oh man, I don't know about this. Like this is kind of intense and grungy. And I was like, but this is good for me because my body, my mind is telling me to shave it and clean it up to look presentable. I was following it with a string. So I was like, hey BC, shave your beard. Do you look dirty? And I was like, well, why? So you look clean. Well, why do you want to look clean? So people and girls will be interested in you and like you. And so if you follow that string, you'll be like, oh, that's the truth. So let's unpack that. Why do you want that and you just keep following it back and it's really interesting and playful um and if you're honest with yourself and even ask your friends and family for feedback to be honest with you as well um and just strip down those layers i i i remember also being in my younger 20s mid 20s and really caring what i was wearing and thinking about like all right if i wear this outfit how will people perceive me and think about me which isn't bad if if you do that um but for me it was just wasn't healthy so i remember getting older and older 20s and 30 and i just stopped even thinking about it. I just put a shirt on or a thing on and usually leave without much, you know, trying to look what my hair looks like or what I look like. I just kind of move with the flow and the energy. But <clears throat> I hope some of this makes sense. I kind of wanted to just make a quick little like monologue just talking about the head, the heart, the ego, just the conversations we have with ourselves and, and how do we be honest with ourselves and, and realize what is the so basically another example is our subconscious controls about 80 to 90% of our decisions every single day and in our life. And what our subconscious is, is it's, it's protected by the ego, which is the ceiling. You can call it a ceiling or a limited belief. And right here is where your, your, um, level of what you, how you live, how you show up to work, how you show up to your passions, how you show up to your friends and your relationships or your dreams. And all up here is your subconscious and your ego is keeping your subconscious um, protected because once again, you were made fun of in third grade for the way you looked or how you sang or how you danced or how you drew or whatever it is. And so all of those experiences as your, as your childhood are living up here, the crazy thing is all of these childhood experiences is what determines how you live your life and what decisions you make, the biggest decisions of your entire life. So to hopefully build a relationship and befriend your ego and understand it, you can access through meditation, through prayer, through journaling, through different form, form, forms, 
access your subconscious and be like, why am I making these decisions? What is it that happened when I was young that makes me think this or believe this or feel this? And we need to hopefully to get into our purpose, break that ceiling and come into the subconscious world of our mind and access it and ask us these hard questions. Like, why can't I take a leap of faith, move into LA or Europe or my photography gig or my videography passions and dreams? Like, all of that, because in reality, in the freedom of it all, you have access to all of it, and you should you should have this crazy, but like you should tell people your dreams and goals, and they're like uncomfortable because they're so crazy and audacious and big and inspiring, and you should have freedom in that and walking with that, and so that is what I think. Hopefully, some of that made sense. Your ego is beautiful and amazing and keeps you safe, but also how to befriend it, how to surpass it, how to access your your subconscious and, and how to really connect the divine dance between your head and your heart and have that relationship with yourself and and with your your um your struggles, your insecurities, your demons, your triggers. Um, I'm always telling my students like your triggers really point to your freedom and find out what triggers you, who triggers you, and figure out why and and really try to unpack and unravel not being a victim to your emotions is really important um, because I remember when I was younger 20s too, I would travel the world and work with people and help people and do all these good things and lead retreats. And then I'd come home and me and my dad would butt heads and I'd be so triggered. And and then I was like, wow, I thought I was, I literally used to think I was going to come home and be like, I'm so freaking good now and I'm amazing. And now I like do all these different things and I come home and boom, triggered by my dad and my sister. And I'm a little 10 year old boy crying in my room again. And it was profound and, and what I found in all the work and studies I've done working with thousands of people for the last 12 years is the relationship between your family is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, um, healing, mending um, experiences you'll ever have in your life. It could come when you're 30. It could come when you're 40. It could come when you're 20. It's It could come when you're 15. It's all different, but it's really powerful to see the dynamic of your family that's why there's this huge you know theme of women having daddy issues that date you know maybe unhealthy men um that sounds bad but it's actually scientifically provenly true that if you look at a lot of these things and and, and not not even scientifically proven, just what i've de- dealt with um understanding thousands of cases of people i've worked with um it's really profound and men with relationships with their moms it's incredible it's amazing but i hope uh, you take something away from this. I hope some of it made sense. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast. I hope uh, if you have any questions, please shoot them to me. Um, but I hope you can journal and reflect and ask questions to your family and friends about this topic. And let me know what other topics you want me to talk about. I'm really excited to kind of create videos and more podcasts about these little 20 minute monologues. But I love you guys. Dive into the questions. Please let me know what resonated and what stuck because when I usually just talk from my heart, I don't know what I'm saying. And some people go, oh, wow, that podcast was amazing. I'm like, really? What did I say? (laughs) Because I usually don't watch or listen to these back. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. And please let me know what you think. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace.